Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I might be checking emails at 11 o'clock at night, but you're not going to know that because that email is not going out until 8 o'clock the next morning. You teach people how to communicate with you. And if you get an email from me at 11 o'clock at night, your expectation is is that you could get me at 11 o'clock at night. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. I am so, so thankful that they are supportive of the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, where I get to support, celebrate, and cheer on the most fabulous women in tech here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, and today we have Brandy. Hi, Brandy. Hello. Your energy is amazing. <laughs> I, I think people are like, what happens? She like turns it on, dials it down, turns it on, dials it down. <laughs> it's impressive. It is. Brandy, so go ahead, introduce yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit about what you do. For sure. So I'm Brandy Lawson. As she said, I have a digital marketing agency called Fiery Effects. We are small on purpose. We're boutique and we help influential women leaders ignite their businesses online. And that really is through strategy and websites and Facebook ads and the whole nine yards. But really, it's about having a plan to be able to execute and get the visibility you need to scale and grow your business. And when did you first fall in love with technology? Um, It's my parents' fault because they opened a restaurant. And of course, that doesn't make any sense. No, because that's (laughs) like the hardest business ever. Well, my dad had an engineering background. Oh, wow. And he opened this restaurant the year I was born. And he wrote his own computer programs to track payroll and track hours and all the sales. And so at the age of eight, I started doing data entry for him on that green screen, two floppy disk computer. And we lost data. But I think that was the point that I fell in love with technology because I I began to understand what it could bring to a business owner. I mean, I think... I think that's a huge takeaway in general. Um, hang out in your daddy's office and then you'll end up in tech later. I mean, I that's what it, my parents invented this thing called the office police that if little girls hung out in daddy's offices, the office police would come and take daddy away. <laughs> and I believed it. Oh, oh my gosh. Parents. But I still hung out in there. <laughs> My dad could serve some time. I needed my computer. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. So then, okay. So you were hanging out in your dad's office, helping with data entry. And then where'd you go from there? And then from there, I, when I went to college, 
I was a marketing major, but I took a C plus plus class. Because, <laughs> of course, why not? Because like every marketing sense. major. No, okay, again, no, it's just me. Um, but it was, and then I started working for a company that made print servers at that time, and I really. I got to nerd out. I was like, oh my gosh, I see all the possibility right. with this technology. And I still like, I understood what was going on and I could explain it, but I wasn't like not full on to the coding side. Right. So it wasn't like I'm changing my major to computer science. That wasn't happening. Yeah. I really could appreciate it. And then when I got my first corporate job, I was hired as a marketing coordinator, but I got started working on the website right away because right. they had a crazy, I think it was 500 plus pages. They were full HTML. Yeah. So if something in the menu had to change, you had to change 500 pages. No, that's crazy. And <laughs> SEO can't even pick that up no. unless it's worded correctly on the back end. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, it was early. It was like, right <laughs> my nerd just spilled out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it was, it was right at the advent of, um, content management systems. Yeah. Like it wasn't a thing. We, we helped, I helped implement the first content management system and I also learned to code forms with PHP and I had a very patient, patient IT guy who ran our web servers, who was, who like helped me, trained me, mentored me yeah. so that I could do that. And and then how that all parlay into what you do today, it, it, to me, my gut, it sounds like you're really attracted to the tech world, but you feel like you're more the artist within it and someone else does the building and then it, like architects the building and then you paint it. Is a, that- a, a bit, a bit. I So where my career took me is into product management. So I've managed products from... Uh, chargers, so I understand UL certification, which is yeah, um, to software products. So right. I ran GoDaddy's email um, from a product management perspective. So that's like ten thousand plus, no, ten million plus email accounts. That's crazy. Making decisions about the technology and the users, and that's where I found my sweet spot is to sit between the user and the technology, understanding what they need, yeah, understanding how to talk to them, yeah, the marketing aspects, but then also understanding what's possible, yeah, from the technology side to be able to guide the product. It's so funny. This is the second time GoDaddy's come up today. Well, it's a small world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I know GoDaddy's, uh, I guess their home base is here. Mm -hmm. And I talked to GoDaddy all last night trying to fix my domain issues. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) So I'm like, everything's coming full circle with this GoDaddiness. So, okay. So what did you learn about the process working for this huge tech company doing emails? What did you learn about um, conversation flow and how to retain a customer? and how to attract them to products and and build their loyalty through email. And art, really, I mean... Emailing is an art. Oh, so so I owned I owned several products while I was at GoDaddy. Um, I was hired initially to own the website builder product, yeah. which was its own little thing because that's when WordPress was really splashing onto the scene, and that was a big competitor right. to that product. Um, but what I I think what I learned is that. Um, customers have good intuition, but they can't really tell you what they want. Yeah. You have to really go back after what are their problems, get get full expression of that. Yeah. Don't make assumptions. Like, never make assumptions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then data. All yeah. the data that you can get. Because, yeah. again, when we would do user testing or yeah. user experience testing, um, people would tell us one thing looking at the wireframes. Yeah. If we put the mouse in their hand, they would do something completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more data you can have on what's going on, the better decision that you can make. Because 
we're people. We, we, our perception is different than what we actually right. do. So being able to gather that data, which is also, a, you know, an interesting point in time with where we're at news-wise. Yeah. <laughs> about data. Yeah. Got to be careful with that data. <laughs> Got to be careful with that data and like anonymizing and things like that. But it's true that we can make much better decisions about marketing and products and solving users' needs when we actually know what those are. I mean, I honestly think, and you guys don't all hate me for saying this, <laughs> I honestly think the second you get an email, just you're fucked. <laughs> like, your privacy is gone. There, oh, so there is no privacy. That's, that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't, yeah. I have to keep telling people, if you're doing things online, yeah. there's no privacy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Completely. Like my friends that have never had a Facebook or I don't know anybody that doesn't have a cell phone. Oh, I, I know a couple of people who still carry the old school cell phones. Really? Oh, they're like, it's the, the like flip, hipster, the it's the hipster movement <laughs> of, of cell phones. Yeah. I think I have seen that. Yeah, it's true. But, but it's trendy now. Yeah. It's not because they're, 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 yeah, no. Um, <laughs> okay, so okay, so what does it look like? What have you done for people recently? What's a what's an example of success? So in the business I'm in now, an example of success is taking. Well, I'm thinking of one of my clients in particular. She she had a landing page to get new leads, and it was converting pretty well. I mean, it was a free thing. I yeah. think it was converting like eighty plus. You guys, landing pages are are one page websites that are meant for a purpose typically to get someone to become a pen potential customer or a relationship with the customer. Exactly. Um, and so we put heat mapping on there. So basically being able Crazy. to see, um, <laughs> hot jar, my favorite, um, being able to see where people were clicking and where they were looking. Yeah. And it turns out people were trying to click on this image that was not a link or call to action at all. Yeah. So we changed that up and the landing page, um, conversion jumped up to 90 3%. What, what is the tool you love? Hotjar? Hotjar. And tell us about Hotjar. How does it differ from the rest? Um, Hotjar is, a so it does the heat mapping like Crazy Egg does, um, but it's got a free level that's pretty robust. Yeah. It also does the user um, videoing, so you can see how users are using your site. And then it also has some interaction, like you can poll users or take a survey and that type of thing, all with one tool. Cool. I know. Yeah, I love tools. I'm all about them. <laughs> um, and, and okay, so you helped someone with the HEMA. What are some of the other examples? Another example is um, I have a process called Ignition. When, when clients come to me and they're ready to do more, we usually have to start with the basics of marketing. Who is it that you're doing this for? What are you trying to do for them? And then the secret sauce of online is the interaction model. Right. So I took a client through this process, and in the first, we do three meetings. In the first meeting, I... I kind of led her to a realization. She was like, oh, my God, that right there was worth the entire price of the whole <laughs> thing right there. So being able to help clients step back from their businesses and go through and figure out the hidden gems. Like yeah. it's a little bit of like mining, but leading them to those conclusions because using that information, she's now retargeted who she's working with yeah. and has a whole new niche that she's going after because of that conversation. And what would you say are some automation tips you can give us? Ooh, automation. I um, love Zapier. Zapier's my face. Zapier. I just did some cool stuff with, um, cross-posting content on Zapier. Um, actually, I'm going to go... Tell us what cross-posting content means. So I have a client who writes a weekly blog article, and they put it up on Medium. And she also has two other websites. 
and LinkedIn Pulse, and they were posting individually to all four of those right. places. So now when the article goes up on Medium, it's going to be automatically posted to the two WordPress sites. Oh, nice. Does that lose ranking at all, that it's duplicate content? No, as long as you are, you have the right um, same as and canonical links in there. Um, the duplicate content, think with Google... <laughs> is not all totally myth. Like, there is a thing. But, but it's very 1982. It's very <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it, it's not... If Google finds two things that are the same, it's not going to derank everything for here and ever. So it's not as bad as that. You can have... Well, and especially in this day and age of sharing and, and getting the same content on multiple platforms, right. actually, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, so you just have to be careful with it. That was one example. But uh, the other thing about automation. Yeah. Um, what I like, and this is pseudo automation, is there's a Gmail extension that I cannot live without. And it's called Streak. A no. Streak. Yes. Streak. I've heard of other people using Streak. It's the inbox tracker. Well, it's got so much more than that. It's uh, a, it, wait, I'm sorry. It's the inbox stalker. Inbox stalker. <laughs> yeah, it does have inbox stalking. That's true. Um, what I can't live without it for is the delayed sending. Oh, interesting. So I might be checking emails at 11 o'clock at night, but you're not going to know that because that email is not going out until 8 o'clock the next morning. But don't you want people to know how hard you work? No, no, because I said I, my big thing with email, having owned an email product, is that you teach people how to communicate with you. Amen. <laughs> yes. And if you get an email from me at 11 o'clock at night, your expectation is, is that you could get me at 11 o'clock at night or that I respond to emails um, more quickly than I want to because email is a communication method great but it's not for all the things if you need me immediately don't email me I'm yeah you're not going to get an immediate response so I'm so glad you bring that up because I think that setting communication expectations mm. is something that we don't think about often enough and I know I definitely think about it in relation to texting yes I don't text I, I mean I text kind of with my friends but I don't business text I'm just not into it whatsoever and and, um, and when someone tries to business text me, I usually just don't respond <laughs> or I'll respond via email or something. That trains people like, um, and we all come from wherever we're at. So the things that we expect and when we start communicating with someone new, they train us on how to communicate with That's them. Interesting. That is a good reason. I'm sure everybody thinks that I'll just respond at 3.35 <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And when I, when I talk to business owners about this, I usually sometimes will get the deer in the headlights. Like, oh, no, I could never. And Because I also say, check your inbox two times a day. Like, don't leave it open. Yeah. It's a, pro, it's a productivity black hole. Yeah. And um, they'll be like, well, how? I, turn on an autoresponder that tells people when yeah. you're checking your email and tell them how else they would get a hold of you if they needed you right away. So and they'll figure out their own priority. <laughs> yeah. I played with those autoresponders, but then I have autoresponders just going out. I'm just like, <laughs> you'll get a response when you get a response. And if you never get a response, it just is that way. And that way. I try so hard. I just get so many per day and I don't want my life to be inside an inbox. No, no. I mean, I'm going to die eventually. Yeah, and we can do an entire episode yeah. just on email. It's, it's one of my, like, I'll drag out my soapbox. And it's get crazy. It. <laughs> yeah. I love email overall. Like, uh, anyway, I think it's a great relationship building tool. Um, it has its place for sure. I just think it's really sad if our life becomes our inbox. You, well, as a business owner, that is the first thing I had to unravel when I 
stopped being in corporate America and started being my own boss is I had to completely change my email habits because my life in corporate America was I lived in my inbox. I just responded to stuff all day long and occasionally I did a report. Right. No, you will not survive in business if that's how you do it. Yeah. The money is not in the inbox. I agree. Well, not. No, it's not because you send out a proposal and maybe you get it back, but you did not like the work and the actual value is the relationship is not in the inbox. Yeah. So interesting. Thank you so much, Brandy. What's one thing in connecting with you that somebody will be like, Holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm doing a weekly series on my my Facebook page. I'm doing a weekly Facebook Live that kind of breaks down each piece and part of marketing and technology. Um, this series that we're doing right now is around the pieces and parts of your website and how to make them serve you. Yeah. And, um, and then I also do marketing ones and some other, I get a little technical sometimes. Mm-hmm. We talk about SSL and other things like that. But yeah, you check me out on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash fiery effects and catch me on the lives. Yeah. And will you spell it for everybody? Yes. F I E R Y F X. Perfect. Thanks for hanging out with the women in tech podcast. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> if you want to connect with more incredible women in tech around the world, be sure to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there so you don't have to ask me, well, which <laughs> one is it? There's 50 million. No, it's the one. If you just type in womenintechvip.com, it takes you straight there. Or say hi and or at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Maybe you'll get one of the cool Women in Tech stickers. I will talk to you guys. See you guys. See you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hera Hub Phoenix is a co-working space, essentially, for women business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. And we just really created a landing space for women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. The women that walk in here just come in and just have a sigh of relief. When they come in, they're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development, their work and their clients. And so essentially that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space for all kinds of women and all kinds of backgrounds. And where can we find out more? Easiest way is just the website. If people go to www.herahub.com forward slash Phoenix. This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. It feels like a collaborative culture where you're you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just a couch lounging. You feel the energy in this place. It's special. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.